Good afternoon. I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Sam Gralla, Assistant Professor in Physics, is our guest today. Sam's a theoretical astrophysicist who works on the theory of strong gravitational and electromagnetic fields, and he'll be the speaker in our College of Science public lecture series next Monday evening. Thanks for coming to give us a preview of your talk, Sam. Thank you for having me. Let's start with a definition of gravity. What did Newton think it was, and how are ideas evolving? Well, Newton's great breakthrough was realizing that the same force that keeps us stuck to the Earth is the same force that keeps the Earth going around the sun. And he described that force as mass attracting other mass in this fixed arena of space playing out in time. These days, we know differently. Einstein's great breakthrough was that space and time are not so simple. They can bend and stretch, have lots of interesting dynamics, and the bending and stretching of space-time and us moving naturally through them is what we perceive and describe as gravity. What do you mean by the bending and stretching of space or time? How do we know that? That's a terrific question, and what I mean by it is we all know what bending and stretching of pieces of paper is or shapes in our everyday life, and we have mathematics that describes that. And then we use the same mathematics of those two-dimensional surfaces to describe four dimensions of space, three for space and one for time, and it works beautifully to describe gravity. So we say gravity is the curvature of space-time that bends and stretches just like ordinary objects. So it's the mathematics of description that tell you it must be that way. That's right. Once you see things that way, how do you get to gravitational waves? So it took Einstein, you know, five, ten years to, to really figure out this description of gravity as bending and stretching of straight space-time. But once he had it, he knew there'd be waves. Because anything that bends and stretches, like, a say, imagine a latex sheet or something, if you perturb it, it wiggles and waves go out. So Einstein basically knew that mass that perturbed this sheet of space and time would make wiggles in it that would go out as gravitational waves, and it took him only one year to predict those. And now those vibrations, those waves have been measured. Can you tell us how they were measured and why it took so long to measure them? You use big lasers. You have to measure very, very, very small distance changes. So these waves wiggle things less than a diameter of a proton. And you have to come up with very clever experimental techniques to do that. So I can give some sense of it. You use lasers and you bounce them off mirrors and you split them up and you recombine them and you see an interference pattern and you read off from the interference pattern that the mirrors moved a little bit. And then when these findings are made, is it an aha moment or is there a lot of um, squabbling in the scientific community about whether the findings actually indicate what the scientists are hoping they do? Everyone expected it would be a bit of argument and that they would have to wait a very long time before releasing the data when they were sure the signal was really there because there's so much noise, you know, trucks driving by the detector and so forth. But actually, the signal they saw was stronger than anyone expected. And it really was an aha moment. The people who, who read the data right out of the detector really knew they were looking at gravitational waves. They took their time just to be certain, but it, it really was a spectacular signal. That's so exciting because it happens so rarely in science, and this is a measurement of such a tiny shift that it seems almost impossible. So tell us about your most exciting work right now. What are, what are some recent findings that you're excited about? 
Well, in terms of gravitational waves, which is one of the main things I work on, I'm really excited about a special, slightly different kind of gravitational wave signal we predicted. So if you go to YouTube or, or, or the website of the experiment that detected these waves, the LIGO experiment, you can hear a recording of those gravitational waves turned into sound. It sounds a bit like this. Yep. They call it a chirp. That's what theorists had predicted gravitational waves from merging black holes would look like. That's all theorists had predicted for 30 years. Recently, we asked the question, what if one of those black holes is spinning really fast, so fast that its surface moves at nearly the speed of light? And we were in for a major surprise. The gravitational wave signal, instead of sounds like it sort of sings instead of chirping. And so that was really fun, and we're hoping that Maybe the next thing LIGO sees is a song instead of a chirp. Well, you make this kind of physics sound incredibly easy. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to hearing your talk in the College of Science lecture series this coming Monday. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.